0: So, I'm pleased to be here today. Uh, Pastor Bernie uh, is off to Kenya. Is he there yet? Not yet. He's still on his way. Um, And uh, he is speaking for a week of prayer at Maxwell Adventist Academy. Is that the right name? Yeah. And uh, so we're really thrilled he could go. He was supposed to be there a couple weeks ago, but then the hurricane came along And uh, he didn't think it would be good to run off to the other side of the world, especially since Christina had to be uh, at the hospital the whole time throughout and didn't want to leave uh, little Brooklyn and and little Liberty at the house all by themselves. So uh, actually, uh, they probably took care of him would be my guess. Yeah, all right. So he stayed home, uh, but they were able to work out a new date for him to go, which I'm glad that all worked out. And so be praying for him. This week, as he is out on uh, doing a special service, a special week of prayer time, Um, it makes me glad that I'm able to be here this Sabbath to worship with you. So, let's pray. Father in heaven, we pray that your Holy Spirit will be present, that our hearts will be open, that we will hear uh, what you would say to us. Lord, help us to understand, be a people of wisdom and understanding. You've given us what we need to be that. Help us to be it. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to begin today with a few questions. Now, these are rhetorical questions. You don't need to answer them. And they're not trap questions. Sometimes I give you trap questions. And, and typically people have gotten to the point where they won't answer my questions anymore because they know I'm trying to trick them somehow. So, but these are not trap questions. That you don't have to answer them anyway. Uh, but just a few questions to get your mind thinking in the direction we want to go here. So here we are. Number one, is God interested in and near to His people, or is He disinterested and distant? What you think about this is important because it will affect your perception of what God has revealed to us. Is He interested and close, or is He disinterested and distant? All right, second question. Has God revealed His will to us, or has He left us to figure it all out on our own. All right, that's the second. Third question. Is the faith we possess to be ours alone? Or do we who believe have a responsibility to share what God has revealed? Now, in this day, that's actually become a very relevant question because because what is it that people say by default about faith? It's a private matter right is that true i want us to consider deuteronomy chapter 4 today and i want us to consider this passage in the context of those questions is god distant or near has he revealed things or left us to figure it out is faith ours alone or does he expect us to pass it on So Deuteronomy 4, verse 1, now Israel, this is Moses talking, now Israel, hear the decrees and laws I am about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and may go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. So as I mentioned, this is Moses speaking, and the words of Moses that are recorded in the book of Deuteronomy, the whole book of Deuteronomy, will be essentially his last message to the children of Israel, because if you remember this story, Moses does not actually lead the children of Israel into the Promised Land. It's Joshua that takes them across the river. And you come through the book of Numbers, and there's a mix of history and other things in there, and you get to Deuteronomy. Most of Deuteronomy is not a history. It's teaching. It's a giving of the law. And of these words that Moses says to them, I find of particular interest verse 2. Did you notice these words when we read them? Listen to this again. He says, do not add to what I command you, and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. Now, there's two things I want you to notice here. First of all, that these are commands of the Lord. And secondly, that the people are not to add to it, nor are they to take away from it. Now, this idea that these words are important, they shouldn't be added to, and they shouldn't be taken away from, will be echoed again by the Apostle John when he writes the book of Revelation well over a thousand years later on. Revelation 22, verse 18, John will write, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in the scroll. So the essential point in both places is clear enough. God has revealed important information that is supposed to alter the way we live our lives. But we must fight against the desire to add to His words, even if we think by doing so we're bringing clarity, or subtract from His words, even if we think by doing so we're staying relevant. We're not to add to His Word or take away from it. And from this, we can and should discern an approach to the things God has revealed and given us that can and should be a rule for us. So these two things, number one, receive all that the Lord has given us in His Word, not just the parts we like, the whole thing. And number two, do not add to what the Lord has given us, even if we think by doing so we're helping. But we also need to be aware of another trap. That of attempting to know beyond what God has revealed. Moses will address this later in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God. To whom does the secret things belong? Who is it? The Lord our God. But the things revealed belong to who? Us. Is it just us? No. Belong to us and to our children forever. Why? That we may follow all the words of this law. The secret things belong to God. But the revealed things belong to us and to our children. These words are a challenge to us, are they not? For how often have we decried God concerning the things that remain secret and have not been made known to us, yet totally neglect to study and know everything that he has revealed and made known to us. We spend our time trying to find out the secret things, totally neglecting that which we have that is ours. We want that that is God's. But we don't take time to know that which is ours. What do I mean? Well, stuff like this, the secret things. We want to know, why did I lose my job? Right? Secret thing. Why did my loved one get cancer? Why do I love someone who doesn't love me? Why did the one I love have to die? Why is there famine? Why is there war? Why did Puerto Rico get destroyed by Hurricane Maria? We want to know these things, don't we? But these are the secret things that God has not revealed. And so are these. Why doesn't God work miracles today every time I think He should? Why doesn't God make all His people rich and prosperous? Why does God allow the wicked to prosper? When will you come again, Lord Jesus? How much energy do we spend on these questions? When in fact, these are the things God has not revealed. And do we spend as much energy speaking to understand the things that are revealed as we waste on the things that are not? Back to the things that are revealed. Deuteronomy 4, verse 3. You saw with your own eyes what the Lord did at Baal Peor. The Lord your God destroyed from among you everyone who followed the Baal of Peor, but all of you who held fast to the Lord your God are still alive today. Now, this incident at Peor that Moses is referring to is recorded in the book of Numbers, and so he could speak of of this to them, and it was very clear and fresh in their minds because it had happened to them very recently, but it hasn't happened to us so recently, so I will remind you of what this event was. Israel was camped in the vicinity of Peor, and it was at that time that Balak, king of the Moabites, sent for the prophet Balaam, the one who's famous from the donkey that he rode that talked to him, you remember that story, to come down and speak curses on Israel. So Balaam comes down, but the Lord will not allow him to to curse the people. So Balak is very upset with him, but when it's all done, Balaam says, okay, it didn't work for me to curse them, but let me tell you how you beat them. After Balaam fails in his attempt to curse, he cancels Balak and the Moabites, along with the Midianites, to seek to defeat Israel by employing the women of the land, of the Moabites and the Midianites, To seduce the Israelites into idolatry and by doing that separate them from the Lord to get them through seduction to worship Baal instead of God and if you know the story you know that it worked and when the people became separated from God a plague broke out among them and many of the people died why did it happen It happened because the people did not hold fast to what had been revealed, to the things they'd been taught. It was as if many of them totally forgot the things that God had taught them through Moses. We go back to Deuteronomy 4, verse 5, "'See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations, who will hear about all these decrees and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Now there's an interesting point here that too often I think we miss, Whenever we start talking about the laws and the decrees that the Lord has given. And in my mind, this is how it goes. This is how we miss the point. When we think of laws and decrees of the Lord, we tend to self-center them. Thinking in terms of what I must do to satisfy God's lengthy list of requirements for me. In this context... The laws and the decrees of the Lord become to us very onerous and very burdensome. And we come to perceive the purpose of obedience to be so that I might be good enough to be saved. And in this context, the revealed things, as in the teachings of the Lord, become to us a curse as opposed to a blessing. Something we have to adhere to or else our vindictive God will get mad and come along and destroy our otherwise happy little lives of disobedience. There's a problem with that saying, isn't there? Because the truth is, there is no such thing as a happy little life of disobedience. This thinking is fatally flawed. For you see, God hasn't just revealed to us an arbitrary list of things we have to do in order to satisfy Him. What God has truly revealed to us in His laws is the way that humans were created to live in the first place. He has revealed the only way we can live and be truly successful, truly impactful with our lives, and yes, truly happy. And when any group of people comes to understand this and live according to the blessing of what has been revealed, rather than living in the revelation as though it were a curse, the impact upon those people is very powerful. Not just within the community, but even stretching beyond the community. Did you notice the words in verse 6? Deuteronomy 4, 6. Observe them carefully. What is them? The things revealed. Observe them carefully, for this will show your what? Wisdom. And understanding to who? to the nations, who will hear about all these decrees and say, Surely this is a great nation. Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. The purpose of all that the Lord had revealed to Israel was so that by observing what the Lord had revealed, Israel would become a great nation, impacting the world and making the nations of the world jealous that Israel had a God that was so good that He gave them inside information on how to live and succeed and be happy. The laws that the Lord has given you are not a curse upon your life to cause you pain and misery. The laws that the Lord has given you is inside information that the nations don't know. So that you can be successful and happy. Verse 7. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to Him? And what other nation is so great as to have righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you? No other nation was let in like Israel was on what manner of life will bring success and joy. The laws and decrees that the Lord revealed were supposed to have been a great blessing to the people. In fact, based solely on the laws the Lord set before them, Israel should have been the greatest nation on the earth. Based solely on the laws. If they just lived according to the laws, they would have been the greatest nation ever to be on the earth. But alas, it is hard to be faithful when what faithfulness requires is that we go against our selfish inclinations. You know what I'm talking about? That's how it is for me. It is very hard for me to be faithful to my long-term good when what I want is a short-term pleasure. An example of when this happened in a large scale in our country, just ask anyone who bought a house in the year 2005, and then tried to sell that house in the year 2011, what it's like when a large group of people invest themselves in what they think will be short-term good instead of what will be long-term good. You remember the, the whole housing crisis? Maybe, maybe you were too young for that. But we bought a house in 2005, and we thought we got a really good deal on it. We bought that house for about $160,000. When we tried to sell it in 2011, it was worth $100,000. Why? Why? Well, because a whole bunch of people made a whole bunch of decisions for short-term gain without any thought at all about what was going to happen in the long run. That's what happens to a nation when it doesn't live according to the laws of long-term good. That's a negative contemporary example. Let me give you a positive contemporary example of what long-term faithfulness can achieve. I call to your mind again the National Geographic Study of Places in the World Where People Live Statistically Longer Than the Norm. Have you heard of that study? It's been out for a few years now. Certain zones in the world where this happens. Well, it just so happens that the people in Loma Linda California live longer than statistics say they should and why has that happened well they live longer because a majority of the population of Loma Linda California has long-term lived according to health principles revealed to the Seventh-day Adventist Church through the Bible and through Ellen White that's why Long term faithfulness to what is revealed has resulted in a notable difference. And sure enough, the nations took note of that. Now, it's not the only spot, there were other spots too. But the nations took note of that. Now, I admit, longevity in Loma Linda is but a scratching of the surface of the blessing the Lord longs to see brought about by a full-ranging faithfulness. Not just faithfulness in an area of diet and exercise, but a full-ranging faithfulness to what God has revealed. Longevity is just a beginning of, the, of what God would like to accomplish in His people if we would just be faithful to what He's revealed. Deuteronomy 4, verse 6, Observe them carefully, these revealed things. For this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations. Now, if our observing what God has revealed shows our wisdom, then what does not observing what God has revealed show? Foolishness? I suppose that's what it is, right? If God has revealed things to us and we have failed to observe them, do you remember the little story Jesus told? He who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And when the storms come, it stays. But he who hears the words, he who hears what's revealed and does not put it into practice, it's like the one who builds on the sand. Observe them carefully. Deuteronomy 4, verse 6. For this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. So let me ask you, in general, when people think of Christians, do they think they sure are a wise and understanding people? Could it possibly be because we're not taking what we've received and putting it into practice? That the world looks at us and say, I don't think they know what they're talking about. I don't see any results. Yet I want to suggest to you, Loma Linda, despite it just being a longevity thing here, ought to be all the anecdotal evidence we might require to suggest what we in a popka could become if we all lived according to what has been revealed. The revealed things are for us and our children. And what we could become I believe, is far more than just living to a healthy 100. All of which brings us to the real point I want to make today. The point that comes next in Deuteronomy 4, verse 9. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them." So here's the thing. There are many secret things of God that we will never know. So maybe we should make peace with that. There are many secret things of God We're never going to know. But there also is so much that God in His wisdom has revealed. And I would even go so far as to suggest to you these points. If you need it, God has revealed it. If you need it, God has revealed it. If it's secret, You don't need it. See if you can remember this. Next time you go to God and He just isn't forthcoming with what it is you wanted to know. Can you trust Him to reveal what you need? I want to reiterate that first point lest we fixate on the second. If you need it, God has revealed it. But what God has revealed will be of no use to you if you don't learn it, keep it fresh in your mind, and never forget it. So let me ask you this What is the primary source God has given us that contains the revealed knowledge we need? What is it? The Bible. Exactly. It's not the only because God will work with us one-on-one in prayer. God will also work with us in groups. Sometimes he will give us a word from someone else that's specific to our lives right now. Those other settings don't rise to the level of the Bible. We don't write them into the margin as now they're the Bible. But there are other ways he does speak to us in our lives. But the primary way is the Bible. Now, Which parts of the Bible? Just the parts I like? No, don't take anything away. Should I read the Bible or should I just read commentaries on the Bible? No, don't add to it. Read and know the Word of God for yourself. How are you going to know it? You got to read it. How are you going to keep it fresh? You got to keep doing it. You're never done you start again and he continues to reveal to you more and more and more every time yet even if you were to memorize the fullness of the Bible know everything there was to know in it and instituted in your life perfectly you are still not done Because he also says, pass it on to your children. Even if you never get to perfection in knowledge and perfection in behavior, still pass it on to your children. Teach what is revealed to your children and your children's children. So I want to return to those questions I asked you at the beginning as we close today. Is God interested in and near to His people, or is He disinterested and distant? God has revealed everything we need to know. He is close. This text talks about how the nations will be amazed and jealous of a people who've been given such wise laws and who live according to it, they must have a God that really loves them and is close. I wish we had a God like they did. That's what happens. Has God revealed His will to us or has He left us to figure everything out on His own? I want to suggest He's revealed His will, and He's given it to us in the Bible. Is the faith we possess to be ours alone? Or do we who believe have a responsibility to share what God has revealed? It's pretty clear from this passage that we have a responsibility to share. Share it with our children. And by the way we live our lives and conduct ourselves as a community, become a light in the world that makes the world want what God has given us. So as we close, I want to call you to a couple commitments today. The first one is based on Deuteronomy 29.29. The secret things belong to God, but the revealed things belong to us and to our children. Number one, stop begging God to tell you the secret things. He may choose to reveal them according to His purpose, but stop wasting so much energy on the secret things. Number two, start putting that energy into the revealed things. Before you beg God to give you the answers to the secret things, Show that you are willing to invest yourself in what He's already given. Yes, that means regular time spent reading God's Word. Third, commit yourself to living according to what's been revealed. Don't just be a hearer of the word, be a hearer and a doer. That's what will cause the world to say, wow, you are wise and have understanding. And fourth, commit to passing these things on to your children. Now, not everybody here is in the same situation with children. Some have grown children, some have very young children, some have no children at all. Okay, it's pretty obvious to those of you with young children what this means. Pass these things on. Those of you with older children, it's probably a little trickier. And in some ways, passing it on by being faithful to your own convictions might be the primary way you can. But still, pass it on as you can. To those of you who don't have children... Partner with the people of this church to pass it to the next generation in whatever way you can. Maybe that means you volunteer to teach in a Sabbath school. Maybe that means you participate in a building project. To that end, I want to encourage you all that we are getting close to literally starting our building project. The building committee met this last week, talked, and it looks like sometime in November everything is going to be finalized. There's been a lot of talk of support and a lot of shown support in different ways throughout the community. Unfortunately, we haven't really moved the charts too much recently. But when the participation is there, the numbers will be there. And the Lord will get this done. But as it was said in the book of Esther, Mordecai said, the Lord will bring a deliverance for His people. The only question is, are you going to be a part of it or not? You want to be a part of it. I believe this project is one of those things the Lord has revealed to us that He wants done. He's asked us to do it. And we can well do it. Today's a good day. Maybe you're waiting for the perfect day. You have a card. Make a commitment. Let's get it done. The revealed things belong to us and to our children. Let's do everything we can to believe the faith, live the faith, and pass that faith to our kids. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank You for what has been revealed. And today, Lord, we commit ourselves to the things that are revealed that we will focus our minds on learning and knowing those things and living our lives aligned with what you've revealed and told us. Lord, we commit ourselves to passing these things to our children that the faith might pass on through the generations. Lord, bless our faithfulness that the people around would say, truly, These are a wise and understanding people. So lucky they are to have a God so close to them. In Jesus' name, amen.